Welcome to the Trinity Baptist Church podcast with Senior Pastor Matt Homeyer. For more information about our church and to keep up to date with the latest resources, visit our website at trinitybaptist.org. Enjoy the podcast. Good morning, family. It's good to be with you this morning. We are glad you were here in the house of the Lord. Let me pray for us as we begin this sermon moment today. God, we do thank you for our presence here today. We thank you for the gift of rain this week. We thank you for the gift of cooler weather on its way to us right now. As always, these changes, these blessings remind us that you are moving as dependable as the seasons. God, we each have a need. We need a word from you today. There are needs in our lives. There are aches in our soul. There are desires we have to be fulfilled in our life, God, where we need you to intervene. We need you to speak. We need you to give guidance. We need you to heal. We need you to lift up. We need you to join with us, God. And we know that you know this and are faithful to meet us here. Meet us here, God, in power. In your name we pray, amen. Well, family of God, we are continuing this week our our series where we're looking at uh, how families are faithfully formed or the ways we form faithful families in the roles that we carry out. We've talked about family in general last week and the blessing that family is that we give and receive and participate in, how it leads us to see the love of God. Last week, we talked about the the blessing of marriage and, 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 and love and all that comes from that. And today, we talk about the parenting-child relationship. Now, I'm realizing this was a great idea and concept, and then when we actually come down to talk about these things, it gets a little more difficult, doesn't it? We, we all have so many differing types of experience as a family. When we talk about marriage and we talk about parents and we talk about children, it brings up much joy and it brings up some pain. It brings up some of the ways perhaps we're strongest in our life and and sometimes where we're weakest in our life. And and so it is with great sensitivity we come to talk about this today, this relationship of child to parent and parent to child and where God is in this relationship and how this relationship, these relationships shape us over the course of our life and, and really shape our faith and how we shape the faith of others in these relationships. Now, it may be the most obvious statement I'll make, I make a lot of them, is that there's two ways to look at the parent-child relationship, right? There's from the parent to the child, and and from the child to the parent. This is two-way relationship. Not everyone will be a parent, but there's also many ways to, to father and mother. We have aunts, we have uncles, we have grandparents, we have mentors, we have people that adopt us actually or, or in practice into our life that, that wear this mantle of parenting, whether they biologically are or not. So hear me paint this stroke broadly. And then of course we have this role where we all, for as long as we live, are children. 
we are children far beyond the time our parents pass away. We are always living in light of who our parents are and how we were raised and how we live in light of their, their hopes, their expectations, our love for them. All of us are children. And these roles are interesting of parents and children as we think about it. They have inverse trajectories of responsibility that cross somewhere in midlife. We, we as children start out absolutely dependent on our parents. I mean, we're never more helpless and dependent than on that very first day. Our, our mothers quite literally bring us into the world in this miraculous, wonderful, messy process. Easy for me to say, right moms? And anything we give back as a baby is really accidental. We are absolutely dependent, zero responsibility to feed ourselves, change ourselves, care for another, do anything. The parent has absolute power and authority and responsibility. We know in those first years of parenting that these parents are, are showing here today, there are no breaks. There are no vacations. There are no asking the kids to help a little bit. We're absolutely responsible. But then as the kid grows, they start to do a few things themselves. These parents can't wait for the day when diapers are a thing of a past. Oh, y'all remember that day? Mercy, that was a good day. On the pocketbook and on my time when I didn't have to buy diapers anymore. Then they go to school and then they, they become increasingly human is the way I refer to that. They, they can talk and share thoughts and they have thoughts of their own. And sometimes you just want nothing more for them to stop sharing thoughts of their own, but th they have responsibility. If your parenting job is to work yourself out of a job, to eventually shape this person as God helps you to do so in such a way that they take care of themselves, that they fly the nest, that they are a, a healthy, well-rounded human being. Now, we only have so much control over that, don't we? But this is the job we're aiming for. And the child bears more and more responsibility for themselves, to care for themselves, to contribute to the world, to give back something to the world and, and to their parents, to, again, fly the nest and be able to fly on their own. And some there in middle, middle age, we kind of even out and, and we're still parent-child, but there's sometimes just kind of a peer quality to this. Our eyes are open to our parents. Do you remember when that happened? You remember when they were humans all of a sudden? with foibles and, and you know, hangups and oddities and eccentricities, we realize, oh, okay, they're human as well. And then they're, if we're lucky and we stay in relationship as, as God hopes, and if we are parents age long enough, that, that responsibility threshold crosses again. And, and really the, the parent or the child becomes more like the parent helping to care for the parent. It's an interesting lifelong relationship that the demands of which, the, the opportunities, the gifts of which change as we age. This relationship is always being negotiated. There's always something more to learn, a new challenge of love that we have. Nothing shapes us like being a child. I mean, we are a child for as long as we live. And nothing is as daunting, requires as much love, requires as much Christ-likeness, than being a parent. Let's look at scripture and see what it has. As we go through this today, I, I do want you reflecting on your roles, your relationships, the child-parent relationships you are in. 
again, painted broadly, and how those have, have shaped you positively, how they've shaped you negatively, where there's opportunities for praise in your life for these relationships, where perhaps repentance, forgiveness is needed in those relationships for the pain we sometimes bear. You know, it's interesting for children, the Bible's fairly straightforward on the responsibilities of being a faithful child for, for the requirements. I mean, now living these out is a little harder, but the actual directions are fairly simple. We go back to Exodus and the Ten Commandments right there in the middle of the Big Ten. You know, number five, honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land God is giving you. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Little refresher on the Ten Commandments. The first three are kind of vertical commandments dealing with our relationship with God and how we are to relate to God in the world. The fourth, the commandment to Sabbath, uh, I consider a bridge commandment. It, it has to do with both our relationship with God and our relationship with creation and everything in creation. And then the last five through 10 are what we call horizontal commandments. They have to deal with our relationships with one another. How do we deal well with one another? Where are the boundaries of our relationships with one another? How do we live with one another so that we live the life that honors God, that God desires us of? And the, the first of these horizontal dealing with one another is this command to honor father and mother. Honor father and mother. Again, co-equally there together, just like marriage last night, we, or last week we talked about those vows were equal to one another. This honoring is equal as well. It's the only commandment also that has a promise attached to it. Do this and it will go well with you for as long as you're there. But what exactly does this mean to honor father and mother? I mean, there's a bit of common sense to it, right? Just sort of horse trading common sense. This was a culture where there were no nursing homes, there were no care, no care facilities. And so it was up to the family unit to care for each other from birth through death. And so it made sense in the system to build a family system that where honor and care was built into it. So that yes, when you're a baby, you're taken care of, but also when you age past the time where you can work, past the time where you can care for yourself, this honoring has effect there as well. And we're going to honor each other all the way through. We're gonna to give to this at some point. We're gonna receive from this. So it just makes sense sociologically. There's a bit of God's promise in this as well. Honoring mom and dad is a, a spiritual act, an act filled with blessing and power of God. It's good for God's people, good for the community, good for the family, good for the soul. Perhaps, of course, God knew something of the dynamics of the parenting relationship that all children is part of growing up. It's part of becoming your own person will struggle with respect of parents, struggle to think they know more than their parents. Or if you're raising a 14 year old, they're convinced they know more than their parents in most things. He's not here in this service. That one won't make the second service struggle to eventually care for their parents. It's not enough to love. It's not enough to obey. Obedience really isn't figure into this completely. The call is to honor. And it's honoring 
the difficulty, the complexity of that word and that act that, that we are called to wrestle with today. What does it mean to honor throughout our life? Honor is a wide ranging, flexible verb. Contained with honor are any number of emotions, any number of feelings, any number of actions that we might take, will be required to take. It, there's respect and esteem in honor. We have some, I think, intuitive concept of honor. There, there is, is love, but there's something more than love there. there. There's a willingness to listen to and, and obey to some degree, but also not blind obedience. There's a relationship connotation to honor, where it is a give and take. There, there may be one that kind of is the authority here or the gives primary respect, but honor goes both ways, doesn't it? This is the way this worked. We, we honor those who honor others. Honor is not due to those who give no honor. It's this honor we're called to deal with. Additionally, the command is open-ended. Isn't that interesting? We're not called to honor until mom and dad stop paying the bills or, or honor until we leave the house or honor until we have a family of our own or, or honor until retirement or honor until sickness. The, the command is open-ended. Children, for as long as you may live, honor your mother and your father. We all reached that point or perhaps continue to reach that point occasionally where honoring our parents became not something that was natural, perhaps, but a conscious choice. I mean, y'all, when the kids were three and five and I got home from work, it was like the triumphal entry every day. Like they, you remember this? They run to the door like they're puppies, like they're so excited that you're there. The conquering hero home, whether it was Kelly or I getting home, whichever one got home last, this was the way it was. They ran to you. They couldn't wait to spend, I mean, honor spilling over everywhere. And, and now it's not quite like that. <laughs> they're not mad I'm home necessarily. They just doesn't, you know, matter to their life quite as much that dad is now home and can talk or can play or can wrestle on the floor or any of those things we did. And as we age, that honoring concept both grows and deepens and becomes more challenging. As we become adults and begin to make our own life and form perhaps some new beliefs different than those we grow up, we see our parents not only as parents, but as humans, their foibles, their imperfections. There are differences between themselves, perhaps between us and them. And all our families are different and construed differently. And, and I know this brings up any number of thoughts among us. And so that's why this honoring, I think, is so flexible and is so wide ranging. There's room within this concept of honor for each of us to fit, but it's gonna fit a little differently for each of us based on the context of our relationships but all our families are different. And sometimes the older we get, honoring becomes easier. I will say this, for 42, honoring's a lot easier than it was at 26. For sometimes the older we get, the more we see, the more we remember, the more perspective we get on childhood or any number of other things, the honor becomes diff more difficult. I think if this were written today, it would undoubtedly take into account the grave problem in, in many childhoods of abuse or, or neglect or, a, or trauma that occur and, and perhaps give a sentence or two at least of 
how do we honor in these relationships? Maybe some guidance on parental responsibility toward children. We'll talk about that in a minute. But as we mature and grow, the responsibility, the challenges of honor continue to grow as well. I've watched my mom and dad for almost 20 years now, 18 or so years worth of their parents, honor their parents as they age and went into nursing homes and skilled nursing facilities and and in three cases passed away. And I watched my parents and my, my aunt and my uncle and the family system do their best as dignity became less, as capabilities became less for their parents, continue to heap honor as best and love as best as they were able at much personal sacrifice right up until the end. And it was a new challenge to be parents, to be children of parents at that stage and new depth, new difficulty, but was still their call, really still their joy and their privilege. Honoring shapes us. Honoring over a lifetime forms us to look more like Jesus, to look more to the needs of others that have cared for us, to look beyond what what we may need to do or have to do in a day and how we can sacrifice for the needs of others. This is the lifelong call of the child. I do find it odd that children, kids, get a whole commandment and the parents don't get anything. <laughs> you know, if, if family really is the foundational unit of society, which we've talked about, which I believe, it sure seems like some responsibilities of the parent to the kid would be helpful as well. This is a two-way street after all. Perhaps honoring extends to that. The Bible, of course, in, in stories of parents and children, in, in some verses in Psalms, Proverbs, other ways, we hear quite a bit about parenting. Throughout Proverbs, train up a child in the way he should go, Proverbs 22, 6. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. This one that a few of us might have heard growing up, I still wonder exactly what this means in our context today sometimes. Proverbs 13, 24, whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. Discipline your son and he will give you rest. He will give delight to your heart. From all of scripture, really from that first parenting relationship in Genesis, all the way through the end, there are specific text examples we see in stories told. There emerges this picture as the role of the parent. Again, now looking from this other angle here on this relationship, that the role of the parent is to provide for the full needs of their child. And of course, basic needs as we are able, food, shelter, safety, those things, but also love, belonging, perhaps education, build their self-esteem, encourage their gifts and talents. And boy, it, maybe it's just, just you know historical myopia, right? We think our time is the most important. It seems about as difficult, if not more difficult than it's ever been. It's a difficult line. You, you want to provide without spoiling, discipline without crushing their spirit. We want them to reach their potential without manipulating them into one path that may not be their choice. We strive as parents to equip them with tools that free them to be healthy, well-rounded, whole people, but it 
feels like from that first day you hold your child in your arms, you just kind of know, I'm going to screw this kid up. (laughs) I'm going to do the best I know how, but I don't know enough. And this kid's going to bear some baggage because of me. And nothing makes me feel my need of God like parenting a child. There is nothing I am less equipped to do and desperately need God's help to shape and form and protect and care and nurture this child because I only have so much to give and what I have to give is likely at times gonna be misplaced. The most important way we shape them, and this is preacherly talk, right? But it's true, is by teaching them, pointing them, modeling them what it looks like to follow God. When the moms had opportunity to share their hope for their children, they didn't talk about what college they were gonna go to or what job they're gonna go to, what sport they're gonna, or activity they're gonna be involved in. They each aimed higher. They each aimed deeper. How we love them, how we love one another as parents, how we forgive, how we show grace, it determines their initial views of God. It will continue the the faith that we show in our life as parents, particularly of younger children, will continue to shape their view of God for the rest of their life. For a while, we are Christ to them. We are the Christ they know until they're old enough. But even as our children age, even as we age, the God we continue to follow will continue to shape the faith of our children, will continue to provide witness to our children. What a weighty concept. Perhaps there's no specific commandment to parents because faithful parenting requires following all the commandments. Faithful parenting requires the fullness of following Christ, Christ Christ-likeness. Kids can see our priorities in ways that we can't. Kids at a certain age can sniff out the bluff. They can sniff out the bluff quicker than anyone else. What is false within us better than anyone else in our lives? Being a faithful parent requires being a faithful follower of Christ. This is the great challenge of parenting, to know that our children provide kind of an accountability for us. There's so many things I hope for, for my kids. Big things and small things, serious things and silly things. And and as they age and as they change and I get to know them better, those hopes continue to shape and and change and, and kind of differ from one another as they become more individual in who God is revealing them to be. But ultimately, all of those hopes pale in comparison of my hope that they will know God that Jesus will become friend to them, that they will grow to love Jesus intimately and serve him with what they have to give. And so we try to do this. As parents, we do it so haltingly and so falteringly, it feels like from our angle. And we try to talk with them about our faith and talk with them about how we approach work from a way that, that serves 
God, how we approach our money and how we spend our money and why we do and don't do certain things with our life. We try to introduce them to scripture and we try to introduce them to prayer and we try to get them here with Miss Debbie and, and Austin <laughs> into the youth group and children's so they have community and so that they learn. We try to do these things, but ultimately all we can really do is trust them to God. As I said, nothing like parenting makes me feel my need of God. And I can only imagine you all who are a lot ahead of me in this game, that that feeling of inadequacy and that trust of God required of parenting only grows as your children grow. There was a time I thought parenting was largely done when they hit about 18, maybe 22. You all have taught me that is not the case. We still parent, we just lose so much control. But as they age, as they make their own decisions, as they form their own lives, as they make their mistakes, Make their choices that are different from the choices you have made. How do you support? How do you love? How do you encourage? How are you their backstop that helps them out? When do you have to let them bear the pain of their own mistakes? Those must just get harder and harder as you age, as your children's age. This parenting relationship grows and grows. How does it look in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s? It continues to require love and patience and perseverance, sacrifice, mercy, grace, wisdom, discernment, perhaps above all, trust. And in these ways, parenting shapes us. It forms us, this wonderful little spiritual loop that in seeking to be Christ-like parents to our children, we seek God. In seeking God, we model Christ-likeness for our children and for our spouse and for our coworkers and for our friends and for the world. These dual roles shape us. Honoring on the one hand, those that raised us, those that loved us, those that brought us into the world. Figuring out how to honor through the ages, figuring out how to honor sometimes when honor is not due, modeling Christ's likeness to those that come behind us, to those that look to us as parent, as aunt, as uncle, as mentor, as father figure, mother figure. Honor on the one hand, love and blessing and Christ's likeness on the other. We receive this from others even as we give it. It's interesting, we have people here from a few months old in the next service, maybe like three weeks old, to some of you may be in your mid upper 70s and still have parents living. I know a couple of you do. The span of parenting, many of you whose parents have gone on, they're still in your head and your heart, aren't they? They're still there speaking to you, even as they are blessed memories. How are you honoring your parents? How is the challenge to honor shaping your faith? How is Christ guiding you? And that difficult decision to honor your parents well in the life you're living today. For parents, for aunts, for uncles, other parental influences, are you serving as Christ-like influences in your family? Can your family look at you as you're living today? Sometimes we just have to start today. And can they see Christ in you? 
Can they see forgiveness and hope and grace in you? Can they see unconditional love and trust in you? Your words, your actions, your very life show that knowing Jesus is your greatest hope for their life, come what may. This will form them. This will form you. How is God using us, church, as children? How is God using us as parents? How is God using us in the roles we play to shape us as faithful people and form faithful families in our world? Let me pray for us. God, our family relationships are our deepest, most loving, and our most challenging and difficult. They are gifts for you for our blessing. They are gifts from you for our growth. The challenge to honor is so open-ended, it doesn't say if they act toward us in certain ways or until this. It's, it's open-ended and it's a continual challenge. Help us to know how to honor well. Help us to know how to love our children well at all of the stages. To discern newly each season, each year, how you are leading us to love in these relationships. Father, convict us of the ways we fail and we all fail in these relationships and are in need of repentance and to seek forgiveness. Increase our measure of grace in these relationships. God, may you bless our families. enjoyed your segment of the Trinity Baptist Church podcast with senior pastor Matt Hellmeyer. Join us next week for another segment. For more information about our church and to keep up to date with the latest resources, visit our website at trinitybaptist.org.